Hello, everybody. How you listen today? We're going to have a very great conversation. So all of you that are, I would say, leaders or pastors, you probably want to hone in and dive into this conversation with me because I'm going to be helping you by talking about this conversation, dealing with this balancing act between being a father and being a pastor. That can be a being a leader and being a father, whichever one is form in your life. But this is going to be a conversation that you don't want to miss. Let's dive right in. I remember when I was first looking at starting my podcast, one of the things that I was looking for was a cost efficient place that I can be able to do what I was dreaming and doing with Anchor. I found that I found a free platform that can be able to give me the tools to make sure that my podcast sound good from edits to music to different other things, variety of things that can be able to assist me to make sure that I had a professional sound podcast. But then also one of the things I found that I loved uh, when I started to use Anchor was they have various of different places that they are able to distribute my podcast from professional places like Spotify or Apple Podcasts and many, many more. Now, with this, the thing that I'm I love to do is because I might not do it in my house or I might need to do it in my car. So I'm able to use record on my cell phone. I'm able to record on my tablet or even my computer. So for you to be able to do this as the podcaster, you need to make sure that you download the app to your phone, to your tablet. You can do it on an Android or on an Apple product. But also, if you want to be able to access it on your computer, you have to go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, anchor is A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Welcome to the team. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Focus on Greatness podcast. My name is Hiram, and here on this platform, we highlight ways where men can be able to experience greatness in their everyday lives. And today's conversation is just as that. We're going to highlight something that I believe uh, that I have seen over the time that is sometimes can be a struggle for uh, leaders, certain times can be struggles for pastors. And I believe that I brought somebody on that, that can be able to speak into this, uh, somebody that I've personally been able to watch do this. And I would say in a great way, uh, great balance. And I'm learning from day by day um, as I get a chance to be able to watch him from a distance. So please do me a favor, put your hands together, show some love um, for Dr. Pastor Robert Poole. How you doing, sir? Bless you, man. Bless you. I will use that intro uh, on Sunday mornings. I need somebody to put your hands together. I like that. I like that. Yes, sir. Do me a favor before we dive in um, and introduce yourself to everyone. Allow them to kind of know a little bit about you and then we'll dive into this beautiful conversation. Well, praise God. I am uh, Robert Poole, uh, pastor Destiny Christian Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, we have been pastoring now. We just celebrated 20 years in pastoral ministry. Um, we founded the ministry 
Uh, I have a beautiful wife. We celebrated 29 years, July 7th, 29 years of marriage. Praise God. We have two yes, children, sir. Joshua and Shekinah, both young adults now. Joshua is 27. Shekinah is 25. And um, both actually now, praise God, both are very active in the ministry. Um, and we love life, man, loving life, love one another. And, uh, you know, I'm just excited about it. Pretty simple guy. You know, I like room temperature water. Praise God. I think that's it. We just want to keep it simple. Love Jesus. So that's yes, it. Sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, um, as I stated, this conversation, um, as I already shared with you, I wanted to have a conversation really about something that I've seen. Um, being able to be in, you know, around you and your family. Um, I've been able to see, I would say you do fathering well. Um, and um, I've, I've been had great opportunities to sit in rooms and have conversation with you um, on how you do fathering and your, your thoughts about it. And I believe that some of those things and conversations that we've had, I haven't heard those. Um, I haven't been able to, I haven't seen that that in action. And so what I really wanted to get a chance to understand in in this conversation, talk about is really kind of get an understanding one kind of get a get to know you a little bit more um, and see where we got this this uh, this this balancing act, as I, I was as I would think on um, of being a pastor, but first also being a father. So let's go back to the beginning of, uh, I would say, Robert Poole, so we can understand how we got to this point. <laughs> wow. Wow. So you want me to start? Yeah. So let's yeah, let's go back. I don't want you to go too, too far back, but let's go. I mean, we can go far because like I do want to understand. From what I've seen as you as a father, did you were you did you get an example of that or is this oh, just wow. something that you've gained through time? I would say it that way in your relationship with God. So, and, yeah. Let's start there then. Let's try okay. to dive in. I'll say yes, that. sir. Um, I'm I got saved at 22. Born and raised okay. in church, and, and I'm gonna go back just for that purpose. I was born and raised in church, okay, but I didn't give my heart to the Lord till I was 22 years old. Hmm. Which really, there's no regrets. I mean, if there's any regret, you know, we all just regret not getting saved sooner, but right, um, born and raised in church, so I learned church, and in learning church, I saw how men and women did church. Hmm and then went home and did life. Mm. And so growing up, I thought it was two different things. You do church, then you go home and you do life. And so I mastered that, but mm. was at 22, it wasn't at 22, but at 22, I finally stopped tripping. At 22, I had to come to the conclusion, okay, now that you've mastered church and life, are you gonna really do this? Mm. Because you know, and I know, now they may not know, but you know, you're not even saved. And so, I had no other choice for me but to give my heart to the Lord. I gave so I got saved at 22 years old. And now, so I'm living for the Lord for the first time. So I'm doing church life, but I'm doing it as a man of God. And so hmm. uh, now, fast forward a couple of years, I wind up getting married. So I'm, I'm saved at 22, I'm married at 25. And by the time I got married, the Lord had spoken some things. And I'm not going to go into that too deep type of stuff, mm -hmm. but the Lord had spoken to me, told me who my wife was. Then while we were still engaged, he told me I was going to have a son and his name was going to be Joshua. 
Mm. And then we got married. So in my, you know, my excitement and I'm so naive, I'm thinking we're supposed to have, you know, supposed to, you're supposed to get pregnant on the night of the wedding. I didn't know. I'm just that God spoke to me, you know. And yeah. So, um, sure enough, not long after, you know, which we would say, I'm grateful now because mm -hmm. we're young, but right. I would encourage young couples, take your time, enjoy <laughs> each other first because we became parents pretty quickly. You know, we got married mm. in July. My wife, Sheila, was pregnant in September. Mm. We had yeah. Joshua, no, not September, I should say, probably about November because we had Joshua the next September. Um, so Joshua mm. comes into our life. I got one year of marriage under my belt and I'm a, I'm a dad. Mm. Now, let me let me digress real quickly use a word for my good friend um i knew i was called to preach i was already teaching mm -hmm. but i wasn't a preacher per se i was teaching the i had a bible study a young adult bible study mm -hmm. i was uh, doing that ministering on that young adult level you understand mm -hmm. and, yes sir so now i'm married i get married we have this child and we move to another city all of this happened in my first two years of marriage Man. So I'm a, I'm a husband, a dad in a new city, and I'm not in a pulpit. I'm an usher, but I know I'm called and I'm mm -hmm. okay with that. So we learned to love each other. Sheila and I, we, we had no choice. We didn't have any family. We had our right. church family and you already know how that could be good and or bad. Yes, sir. So we uh -huh. had each other. So we learned to become each other's best friends in the process. When my son was born, he was born, and this is what I love to tell people, he was born into a saved home. Mm. So he didn't change my home. He just added to it. So now mm. I have this wife, I have this son, but we're saved. I was saved when I got my wife. I was saved when I got my son. So they, mm. they became a part of my saved life, not trying to figure out how to fit them in. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. And so when we came home, and we started the ministry by now. I come home seven years later, say home back to Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. Seven years later, now I'm a husband with two kids. I have a son, I have a daughter, I have a wife, and now we have a church. Mm. And so how did it all come about, you know, with this concept of how to be a dad? Well, my view of parenting, and this is sad, but true, I told myself I would never get married until I can afford a divorce because mm. every man in my life divorced his wife. My mom wow. and dad divorced when I was 13. I thought it was normal for everybody to have two sets of grandparents because I had a grandpa and a step grandpa on my mom's side, a grandpa and a step grandpa on my dad's side. I had, wow. you know, I had yeah. a step great grandfather. So as mm. long as I can remember, divorce ran rampant. So that was my my de declaration. I won't get married till I can afford a divorce. Well, God spoke. That changes. And this is going to help. God mm -hmm. spoke and said, that's your wife. That changed everything. So when God spoke, I hung on to that. Divorce is not an option. Yeah. God said, you're going to have a son. I don't know how to be a father because I don't have good godly examples. My dad divorced my mom the same year in our church. My dad, by that time, was a minister in our church. The year my parents divorced, my pastors divorced. The chairman of the deacon wow. board divorced his wife. The president of our choir divorced. So in that one year, within probably a 15-month wow. span in the church I was, I grew up in, 
the leadership experienced five major divorces. Wow. So my view of fathering and parenting was out the window. I had no idea. So God used that to my advantage because of my, again, I'll say, and I thank God for it, because of my ignorance, I was mm -hmm. forced to go to the Bible. So I couldn't say, well, let me just watch, and to God be glory, thank God for our, our beloved Bishop Nathaniel Holcomb, but I hadn't met him yet. Yeah. <laughs> I was a pastor and a dad before I knew of a Nathaniel Holcomb. So mm -hmm. I had an example there. Right. But I, yeah. did, I just followed the scripture best as I knew how. You understand? Mm -hmm. And in doing so, through trial and error, we instilled in Joshua and Shekinah what I also instilled in, in, in Sheila. And that is, mm -hmm. I love God, I love you, and I'm probably going to make some mistakes in doing that. Mm -hmm. But know that in my mistakes, I'm making mistakes loving you. It will mm -hmm. never be the mistake of, I hate you today. It will never be the mistake of, Get out of my face today. So little things for me, scripture, the Bible, nowhere in the Bible does Jesus raise his voice at his disciples or at the church. And the wow. Bible says that I'm to love my wife as he loved the church. So from July 7th, 1992, when Sheila and I got married to current, I've never raised my voice. Because I can't mm. justify yelling as a man of God. People say, oh, come on. I didn't say I never got mad. I didn't even say I've never been in my flesh. Right, I just right. never raised my voice. Because right. Jesus never raised his voice. So with my son, with Joshua, with Shekinah, we've never called our children bad. Mm. Because I can't trace that to scripture. They've been disobedient. They've been foolish. They've been silly. They've been, you know, they've straight been rebellious, but they've right. never been bad. So I've never called my kids bad. We've never had the terrible twos. We just practice little things. Oh, you Ooh. know, how old is he too? All oh, the terrible. No, we had the terrific twos in the pool household. <laughs> we had the terrific threes when they became teenagers. I'll never forget when Joshua was, I believe, 12. You know, now he's sniffing himself. You a man, mm -hmm. you know how we did. Yes, sir. You know, what's that smell? That's your testosterone. You, you, you've grown, you got one little sprout on your chest, and your, your voice is cracking. So now mm -hmm. you're a little slow to obey. Yes, and sir. I'll never forget it. We told Joshua, listen, son, you're going to be a teenager for the next eight years. Now, these can be eight great years, or these can be eight horrible years. The choice is yours. Mm. But if you're going to be in this house and you want them to be great, you will do what we tell you to do. And so wow. it was smooth. We never had that issue. I'm not my son's best friend. Mm -hmm. um, now, he may say different. I doubt it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I doubt it. But um, and the reason I say that because you don't raise friends. Mm. You have wow. I think parents go out of their way to befriend their children. Mistake number one. You befriend comrades. Your child is not your comrade. Let the mm. child make you the friend. Don't make them your friend. My responsibility was to train up my children in the way they should go, not get them to like me. And I think, wow. again, so if you know I love you, there's going to be days you ain't going to like dad because dad's going to tell you to do some things that you are not going to like. Mm. But remember, I'm telling you this or showing you this because I love you. 
And so that's really, and I'll be, I'll go ahead and kind of end that that question. I hope I, I hope I touched a little bit, but that's how we got to where we are. Um, are we perfect? Absolutely not. But that's the beauty of love. Love doesn't say I'm perfect. Love says I love you, and because I love you, even when you see imperfection, and you will, mm -hmm. even when you see the flaw, when you see the issue. If you remember, I love you. If I just show you love, mm -hmm. then love covers. What we want to do is barely love and then pull out that scripture. Well, love covers a multitude. Well, I always look at it like this, and I'm done for now. <laughs> In order for love to cover a multitude, think about it. You know, mm -hmm. if I could just use a little my 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 humor with my brother. So here you and my sister. You know, y'all, y'all on vacation. Y'all might even be in Vegas. <laughs> y'all might be chilling in Vegas a little bit. You're down on the strip, having a nice little time. Just came from the show. You go back up to the room, and and um, you know, my sister, a little cold natured, and mm -hmm. so you got the blanket, but y'all got this nice king size bed, but the only blankets they had were for a queen bed, and so mm -hmm. my sister's cold, and y'all got a choice now because you don't have enough coverage for the size wow. bed you're sleeping on. So what we want to do mm. is have, watch this, twin bed love to cover king size bed issues. My love has to be greater than the issue. Mm. Or you'll never know I actually love you beyond the issue. So no wow. matter what my children face, they know I love them more because I didn't wait till they faced it to tell them I love them. If you love them, love them, love them, love them, love them first, then when the issue comes, there should be enough love to cover it. Yeah. Instead of the other way around. The issue is huge and there's just a little love. And then you want to tell me what the Bible says. So, you know, work on that part. And that is free. I'm not yeah. gonna charge you or nobody else for that. But that's what we need. Get get a big quilt of love and a small bed of issues. And you'll always have enough to cover. This conversation is already good. Um, I, I can't end it because we just we ain't even really started yet. And so oh, this fault. is this is so good though. No, you are great. Um, so I would say this for those that are listening that might be in a scenario, even with myself, I was raised with a single mom. Mm -hmm. So the 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 picture of that context of how to be in all of those things. I know there are a lot of men that might be in that same framework. And then when we get into the context of now being a father, sometimes we can we can look only in the lens of I don't I'd never had an example. Mm. And we use that sometimes as our reasoning of not becoming or being in somewhat what we feel like is a good father. And but I love that in in your life, you were able to find the script. You were able to find the blueprint right, right. And, and balance it off of the blueprint instead of just saying, okay, I don't know how to do this. I'm going to just, you know, hey, it is what it is. You're here. I'm here. Right. We just going to live life and try to see how this thing goes. Right. Um, and right. so I, I, I hope that this is for those that are watching and listening, that this can be an encouragement because at the end of the day, we do have a blueprint. We have a blueprint of how a husband right. is to love his wife. We have a blueprint of how a father is to father his children. And if we stay with the blueprint, no matter what the background no looks matter like, what. 
no you'll what. be able to have a successful functioning um, family and loving family. And that's the base of it all. And so again, uh, thank you for starting it off this way that you did answer the question. <laughs> you did answer the question, but I know, I think it was a probably, I want to say, I think it was like last year, um, uh, last year, it was a lot of different uh, pastors that I was seeing that was in that year, I guess they were coming to this um, now I'm examining my life because of because of 2020 and they're right, examining right, right. It was a whole lot of examination. Which everybody yeah, it was a whole lot of examinations. And it was so many, it was so many different pastors, you know, uh you know, leaders in general. I would just use it across the board that were saying, I was putting the ministry before my family. I was putting the business before my family and they were sitting there. Like I would, I do remember there was a conversation, I think with one um, leader and he was saying, I was trying so much to build the ministry that I forgot my family and my kids graduated from high school and they went off to college, but I give all that a test. I had to give it to my wife because I was focused so much on so for my question for you is how did you balance for 20 years plus now, how did you balance that um, as you continue to do ministry? Well, there's a couple of things. And if I could, can I back up just one second? Yes, sir, I, please. I love that. Just to just this is a little quick sidebar for the I had no father figure in my home, you know. I say this as politely and non-offensive mm-hmm. as I possibly can. Get over yourself. <laughs> um, and here's why I say that. Because the average person that had a father figure in his home didn't have a good figure. Mm. Jacob yeah. had a father figure, but he didn't have a good father figure. His dad loved God, but he had a favorite son. That's not a good father figure. Wow. So, so, you know, again, go back to the scripture. The Bible tells us. We know for a fact that when Jesus was 12, Joseph was still in his life. Mm -hmm. By the time Mm -hmm. Jesus is called into ministry, Joseph is likely, and I say that safely, dead. Mm. I fail to believe that God would call a man to be the the father figure of the Lord and leave Mary without it being death. So I believe Joseph died. So that means somewhere in the most important years of a young man's life, there was no man in Jesus's life. Wow. So there goes my excuse. Wow. My daddy left. Mine did too. Then I hear Jesus saying, well, Joseph wasn't around. (laughs) And when he was, and this is the thing, even when he was there, according to the scripture, Joseph only is even talked about when Jesus is an infant. The Bible says the angel came and said, take the the lad and his mother. Mm-hmm. We know mm-hmm. that. Then it says, okay, the people that wanted to kill him are dead. Take him home. We know that. At the age of 12, the scripture says, Mary said, where you been? And he said, how did you look? For, how is it you were looking for me? And you know, I knew had to be about my father's business. Blah, blah. Right. And then the scripture says, and he said, I've got to be about my father's business. The Bible says she took it to heart. He went home and submitted unto them. That's the last even reference of Mary and Joseph as a couple. So there goes the excuse. 
Well, you don't understand. It takes a man to raise a man. No, it takes God because hmm. Jesus, who's our example and ensample in all things, technically had no man to raise him. Wow. Yet, watch how he honored Joseph, who wasn't even there. When he's an adult, what is he known as? Is this not the carpenter's son? So yeah. even though the carpenter is gone, Joseph left enough impression and Mary was godly enough to instill in Jesus, you are not going to take the place of your dad because you're the oldest and be the mm -hmm. man of the house. No, you're still a son. Now <laughs> get over there. They done ran out of wine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yes, sir. I say that, yes, so sir. let me get to my to your question. Because yeah. I think so many times I hear men saying, well, you don't understand. I didn't have a man. You're saved. We have no excuse. The yeah. easiest thing to be as a Christian is a saved man. Mm. We got God the Father as our example of fatherhood. Yep. yep. We got wow. God the Son as our example of husband. We even got God the Holy Spirit as our example of comfort. We have no excuse. No, the woman can't say that. She don't have Jesus as her example of how to be a husband because she doesn't have to be one. She wow. don't have God as her example of how to be a father because she don't have to be one. We have God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as our example in all of those bases. So it eliminates when a preacher, when a man of God says these things, I believe it's because we never look to the script. We look to people. Yeah, That's why he says, looking unto Jesus, who was the author and the finisher of our faith. So to, to I said all that, now let me get to this, the balance. Here's the balance. I hope you're okay. We're okay. We're good. We're good. You're Go smiling. ahead. Yeah. You're smiling. We're okay. <laughs> So here's the balance, though. Again, when mm -hmm. the for us, we were parents before we were pastors. And that does make a difference. It really mm -hmm. does. Because my children had already come into my life before Destiny was birthed. But gotcha. Destiny is my baby because we're the founding pastors. Right, right. Now, here's where it's always been. It's, it's not even, I can't even swear to the say that I read. I didn't read this. I just kind of, this is just me. Mm-hmm. With Destiny Christian Center, Destiny Christian Center, God told us to start the church. So I never went into Destiny with the mindset of what I've got to do. It's almost like if I mm. could, if you own Roche Construction Company and you happen to be Hiram Roche, so you know, <laughs> your name on the door. Right. So when, if you hire me, that position is already taken. Mm. So I don't try to go after it. So I'll never make the mistake of trying to make sure Hiram's construction company don't go don't go under. I'm an employee, not the employee. Wow. wow. Joshua's dad. So in fatherhood, I'm the employer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Destiny Christian Center, I founded you. But watch this. All we are is an extension of his kingdom. He's the founder. So this is responsibility. I go to work just like you do. So mm, when I go to mm, church, mm, mm. when I go to Destiny Christian Center, Destiny Christian Center, y'all know for my for members, and I'm not trying to be deep and wonderful, but I don't take phone calls before 10 a.m. Because I'm with the Lord. Right. Yeah. And 
They said, well, what if what's important? I remember years ago, I heard Pastor Valerie say something to the fact that even if they were calling to tell me they're dead, what can I do? I'm already with the best place. I'm in God's presence. Yeah. That's the only, that's the best place to be. Some pastors literally allow the church to have them on speed dial, but they'll tell their wife, let me call you back. Mm. Wow. wow. I'm trying yeah. to keep Hiram Construction Company from going under. That's Hiram's job, not yours. Hiram hmm. hired me to work at his construction company. He didn't hire me to run it in the sense of take it over. You say, well, pastor, we're stewards. I got it. A steward owns nothing. I don't own destiny. So right. it's easy for me to come home, look at it, see who it is. Y'all know how to do it. I'm not being funny. Maybe right, not right. Because y'all not, not y'all in Central Texas. I'm talking about, I'm talking about West Coast Saints. West Coast Saints look, see if somebody from the church is deacon, the elder, the pastor say, oh, I'll call him back. I'm not going to let him run my life. What mm -hmm. a pastor do? Oh my God, it's the middle of Super Bowl. Oh my God, it's sister so-and-so. It's brother so-and-so. But then your child says, Dad, I got a game, son. I'm, oh, son, when is it? I promised I was going to go to their child's graduation. Man, please. Mm. I'm just saying, what we've done, we've obligated ourselves to our place of business mm -hmm. and restricted ourselves from the place we do business. I am not Joshua's stepfather. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, you know, you understand, I'm mm -hmm. not talking yes, about step-parents and I, I applaud right. any man, especially a man that will come in and be a father for a child he did not give birth to. I'm, I'm all for that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking yeah. about, I. he looks like me, he acts like me, but he don't know me because I'm too busy trying to make people, watch this, that are not, of me be like mm. me. Wow. I have two that have my DNA that don't know me because I'm trying to balance. To me, it's too easy. It's too easy. It's yeah. the, the same terminology we use. If you're in the bank, what what is it? Don't bring the job home. Yep. You know what we say in ministry? But ministry is 24-7. Banking isn't 24-7. <laughs> Honestly. Banking isn't 24-7. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Surgery isn't 24-7. So here you have, I'm promoting you. You mm -hmm. got Dr. Hiram Roche, world-renowned specialist mm -hmm. in a particular field. But you're on vacation in Tahiti. I have two choices. I can either use the other guy that knows what you know how to do, mm -hmm. or I can wait until you get off vacation to have my surgery. Because even though you are a specialist in it, you are not going to leave Tahiti to fly back to be in an operating room for 13 hours to make sure I live when your mm. family is dying. Only in church do we Man. need this. And I'm telling you, I believe it's a trick of the enemy because he makes us feel like we're letting God down when we don't take care of God's woman. And that's the revelation. Jesus is married to destiny. I'm not. Wow. I am destiny's shepherd. I am not their husband. So you take that stuff to your man. Teach them how to go to God. I'm serious. I think we mess up. We've got people bringing stuff to us they're supposed to take to their husbands. Yeah. Yeah. And so 
Now we've taken the mindset that I've got to be the husband for the church. But to have two wives is a sin. So that's, and I, I don't mean to plug, that's a little plug, because I wrote a book, honestly, it's a perfect time, not that I'm trying to, that's not you're good, about. yeah, you're good, yeah. But I wrote a book called The Secondary Wife mm. for that purpose, because people, you, you're married to my precious sister, and she's got to take second fiddle so you can get your ministry off the ground. Right. But when you married her, you didn't take, you didn't obey the scripture then. People are, well, I'm just, I got to obey God. Okay, man of God, when you got married, let me ask you this. When you got married, did you take a year off from work that you may stay at home to please your wife? Mm. I didn't think so. So why you got to take all this time away from your wife so you can get your ministry off the ground? When there's wow. no scriptural basis to get in your ministry off the ground, there is a scripture in the book of Deuteronomy that says, stay your tail at home for a whole year that you may cheer her up. Well, don't say tell, Father, forgive me. But it says, <laughs> it says that you're supposed to stay at home, no work, no war, for one whole year. That's what it says, to cheer her up. Now, obviously, we're not doing that. Right. In today's economy, we can't afford to stay at home for a whole year. But you have many men, especially men of God, that can't even take their wives to a two-week, a one-week, a three-day vacation because of not money, ministry. And it's not balanced. So the answer it for me, it's easy. That's God's job. I'm just another employee there. Mm. I don't want somebody to step in and do my job as dad. I can't allow somebody to step in and do my job as husband. So when it comes to Sheila, Sheila, everything in the natural that Sheila needs, that's my job because mm -hmm. she took my name. Everything in the spirit realm that she needs that's her husband, her other man. That's Jesus' job because mm -hmm. she does it in his name. So she want a new car. My credit got to be right. She mm -hmm. need a healing. His credit got to be right. So both require her as the wife, and this will help maybe. All she should have to do is ask her husband. That's why the Bible tells us to make sure that we have a good name. So what am I telling Joshua? Work on your name, son. Work mm. on your name. Your name is more important in the spirit realm than it is on the block. So again, I think men of God, usher, deacon, elder, pastor, we have missed it mm -hmm. by thinking we've got to do this for the Lord when the only you because you now you help me. Correct me. You, I know you have. Do you have a little girl also? No, sir. I didn't I, think so. You've been I, trying to give me a girl for I don't know how long. I'm done, <laughs> man. I'm done. I didn't like that. The comment. Let's come But you have a woman. So right. Yes, also, sir. But this is why mm -hmm. I say that because Jamila is the only woman in your life. Yes, sir. That you have to give an account for. She's the only woman, watch this, Ooh. that God placed wow. in your life that has responsibility attached to you. Your mother gave birth to you. Mm -hmm. So this is why we're to honor them, but you don't honor Jamila. Mm. You love her mm. as Christ loved the church. With your children, you don't honor them. You train them. Wow. Fear and the so again, 
all of these things to me is if we just do the scripture and, and where we get off i believe is in today's christianum is mm -hmm. man okay that's the bible but i need the practical <laughs> that's that is the practical right that yeah. is the practical if you went to go play ball right you sweaty <laughs> and smelly you know she don't want you like that at the house right but look at god god loves you so much there's a there's a shower right there locker room at the gym so what do you do you go you shower you come home and you're with your wife you don't say well babe you just got to accept this is what i do you know i play ball and so you come in all sweaty but men do that to their wives well you got to understand i'm a preacher i got mm. it i got it but why are you preaching to them at 9 p.m and mm. your son asked for help with his homework at four you wow. believe in God for money for a tutor instead of believing God for members to counsel. So for me, God helped me raise up deacons that can answer that call at nine in the morning because I'm having breakfast with my family. Mm. And so it's not cold. I don't think, you know, it might seem to be cold to some. I don't think it's cold. I think I would rather at the end of the day, because the truth of the matter is apostle, Nathaniel Holcomb used to always say this, people come and people go. At the end of the day, the same ones that I ran to the hospital for, the same ones I flew across town, I mean, mm. flew across the country to bury their loved one for, they left the church anyway. Wow. But there's Joshua, there's Shekinah. Happy Father's Day, Dad. Happy birthday. Merry Christmas. Where's the member that you was in the hospital? Remember the one you was fasting for? The one that you walked out of the date with your wife to run to be with, where they at? Mm. And if we haven't learned from that, would you rather the member leave or your son? I think it's a no-brainer. That is a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Because you want to be a grandpa one day. Then you have a granddaughter. That's it. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> see, see how he helped me? You're gonna have a granddaughter. <laughs> Terry, his coming. That's it. There will be a, a daughter somewhere. <laughs> you, you have a, you, your your grandchildren, those are yours. Mm -hmm. Generations that come through Christian House of Prayer, Destiny Christian Center, any church, those are the Lord's. Yeah. And yeah. we thank God for the responsibility of stewardship. But we cannot confuse stewardship with ownership. And that's where we get off. We feel obligated to keep God's ministry afloat. When that's almost like saying God can't. Let me see. So I got to answer the phone at two because God don't know how to answer prayer at two. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. I'm going to sleep. Yes, Unless sir. the Lord wake me up. You know, so right. that's different. Yeah. Right? So we ain't carnal, praise the Lord. Go ahead, sir. I'm sorry. No, Man. this and this for for those that are listening, those that are watching. This is why I had I had to have this conversation with you um, because really, really, I, I I have talked with people. You know, both be you. You know, I, I'm I've been raised in the church, <laughs> literally, uh, and so um, um, so I have talked to people that I have. That I that I mean, they're like in reference to people my age, younger, that have been offended 
with the church. And when it all boils down to it, it's not the church that they're offended with. They're offended with what their the unbalance of what their parents did when it came to church. Um, and, and, and it, and it does something. So this conversation is really helpful, uh, because it is, it's, we, I, like you said, we have to realize that there is a difference between stewardship and ownership. Mm -hmm. Your responsibility is the thing that God gave unto you to own, which is your family, which is your wife. Um, Don't let that go bankrupt. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So so again, that's I'm 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 grateful that you are you're not cold. <laughs> you're hitting it on the head. And and so for those that are listening and uh um I want I do want to say this to me, this is probably one of the most smoothest mans that I've ever met. Um he is truly my big brother. And, and now y'all see why I say I look at I look I'm looking up to him because oh, just the the really is because of the love and the insight that I have been mm. able to see um, throughout the years. Um, there is something that I do want to, because of these foundational pieces that I would say that you have even communicated here, to me, it does, it kind of makes me understand why it's easy in some sense for me to be able to see Joshua and Shekinah in the ministry. Mm. Mm. Um, because there is moments where I've is people like, man, listen, I ain't doing ministry. I don't, I don't care what my past, what my mom and dad doing, or, you know, what I ain't trying. So it's, is with the foundational pieces that I, that you're communicating, it makes me understand more easily why they would, they could easily flow into ministry because it's not a competition between mm, the church and my, and my dad. Right. And then let me say this, this is the, ironically, neither one of my children want ministry. Mm -hmm. And we had this conversation a few years ago, I remember, because like, well, son, you know, what if, you know, father, son, you know, what mm -hmm. if God people calling you? And he's like, dad, I'll, I'll play the piano, but I don't want that. And so <laughs> why? And this is the sad piece. And I know this, unfortunately, is why a lot of our children are, as you say, offended with the yeah. church. Because this is what he said. He said, because I see what they do to you. Mm. It's like, wow. Okay. And Shekinah, dad, I want my husband to be saved, but I don't want to marry a preacher. Why? Because wow. I see what they do to mom. I said, wow. wow. So we had to sit back now and say, okay, God. Um, now we're not one thing I will say, and I'm grateful, both of our children are active in the ministry, but we mm -hmm. didn't push either one of them into to it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Sheila is so funny. You, the story with Joshua learning to play the piano. She said, listen, y'all, let's go. We got to do something. So the kids took piano lessons. She took it with them just to keep them engaged. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't two weeks into the lesson that the piano instructor said, that boy, he's different. And so the gift, the grace of God was there. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So Sheila kind of, kind of wound, wound themselves, I mean, found themselves out of it, Joshua. And that, that's how he started playing. Mm -hmm. He started doing a lot more ministry. It's in him, but I've never said, son, you know, it's in you. And, and right. again, one reason why now the Lord brings me to that Cana wedding mm -hmm. situation where it's time now for me to say, son, okay, go do this. I'll mm -hmm. do that. But I believe just like with me, 
I needed to hear God tell me to start yeah. ministry. And so what we've taught our children from Joshua got saved. I baptized Joshua in our bathtub at the age of four. Mm. He wow. said, Dad, I want to say, okay, well, what does that mean? And he, he explained salvation to me. So I called my pastor at that time. And he said, well, Paul, go ahead. I said, I'm going to baptize him here. He said, the Bible didn't say you have to be a, a pastor to baptize. So I ran the water, baptized him in the, in the tub. Mm -hmm. By the time she kind of, we were already, came home and started a ministry. She was saved, but we she wanted to be baptized by her daddy pastor. No problem mm -hmm. with that. But so I said that to say at seven, eight, nine years old, if Joshua did something, of course, we used the rod. That's what the scripture said. We didn't beat our kids. Right. You know, of course, but um, if it came down to where a discipline was required mm -hmm. and there was a need for the rod, I would always say to Joshua, you told me you were saved. Mm. See, because I think we put too Ooh. much emphasis on how to. God help me. We raise our children to be hypocrites. Wow. Because the word hypocrite, you know it. I'm not speaking yeah. to a novice. Hypocrite in modern day vernacular, it's a play actor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what we do is raise our children how to act at church. So they got a dime bag in the car, <laughs> but they know how to dance. Right. Right. They, yep. they got condoms in their pocket, but they know how to shout because we have listen and here's what you better not get to church and embarrass me but what about walmart <laughs> so you can you can you, you're laughing i'm serious so you yes, sir. we can be heathens and walmart but at church we got to be saints mm. how are we gonna win anybody in walmart acting like them so no son mm. you told me you were saved yeah You've been going to church all your life, but you told me you were saving, save people. The Bible doesn't say save men, save girls. The Bible says save people. Save people don't do that. Don't lie to me because yeah. God said lying lips are not So we instilled that. Mm. So mm. then when they see people doing it at church, look us right in the face and lie or talk behind our back and all these things, all the things that they know Christians don't do, their whole thing is God that these folk ain't saved. <laughs> and so we got to tell them, well, son, um, they may be saved, maybe the backs, I don't know. But listen, that's why, again, what does the word say? As for me mm -hmm. and my house, I cannot be responsible for their salvation, but I refuse to stand before God and everybody at Destiny make it in, but you, mm -hmm. son, so no. You can't do that. Yeah. No, you can't. And again, I'm not saying no, hoping you like me. I'm right. saying no, because I love you. This ain't a popularity contest. If I never become your favorite guy, that's okay. Just mm. let it be known that you do what your father tells you to do and you hear what your father's saying. That's all I want. You ain't got to like it. I just need you to do it. Make your bed because I want it made, not because right. you getting back in it. That ain't the point. You see what I'm saying? And so I think for us as men of God, and I say men in particular, because of sisters mm -hmm. too, but I really believe for men, 
we're, we bought into this worldly, if I can call it a lie, this, mm -hmm. this falsehood that we as men, we've got to be strong men. We've got to be, we've got to lead our families. We've got to, and all of that is absolutely true. But Moses was the meekest man. Mm. Yeah. We know he was strong, mm -hmm. but he's known for his meekness. He led the whole nation, but he was known for his meekness. I don't want my son to know me as at, at church. He's patient with them, but at home, boy, he take our head off. No, because then I'm the hypocrite. Mm. So yeah. it's almost if he could, dad, you told me you were saved. You yeah. can't be one way as pastor and another way as dad. And I think that's where we get off. We think we have to put this hat on at church and I got to be this and I got to be that. But at the end of the day, you know why my family loves your family? It's because when you were all smiles because she said yes and grinning, you loved God. Mm. And when y'all were newlyweds and y'all act like somebody took some super glue and glued you together, y'all couldn't even worship <laughs> apart, you loved God. You thought I didn't see all that stuff, right? <laughs> y'all all glued up and all that, and all that stuff, but you loved God. Yeah. Then life happens, but life happens to everybody. Yeah. But you love God. So watch this. Even if you couldn't go to church 2020, it shouldn't affect your relationship with God. The yeah. saddest thing about 2020 to me, it's revealed that hypocrites don't know what to do because there's no place to play at. Wow. So our mm. kids then fell off. Now everybody having this retrospect and everybody's thinking if I did, why? Because I raised my kids of how to act in church and now we can't even go to church. Oh my God, what do we do now on Sunday? Mm. I guess I'll do what I did on Saturday. And on Saturday, I went to the club and got drunk. So since we can't go to church, I'll just log on with my mimoso sitting on the side. Wow. But save people, not church people. Save people. Don't do that, son. Say people don't drink on Tuesday because it's not a service. Right. <laughs> so I don't know, man. That that's one of those things to me. It's a sadness. I believe it saddens the heart of God. Mm -hmm. Because where we've got off the world, the world teaches success equals accomplishment. Yeah. But that's not God's pattern of success. God's pattern of success is this book of the law should not depart from out of thy mouth. So what we, we, mm. if the only time Joshua should kind of see me in this book is studying for a message and they're not called to preach. They have no reason to ever get in the book because I've already let them know the Bible is only for when you got to say something. If the only time they hear their mom praying is, is when we get bad news, you don't need a prayer life because we've already taught them. Right. The only time you need to pray is when you're in trouble. So when do our cussing, disrespectful, unfaithful children pray? When they think they're pregnant, when they're trying to make the team. Why? Mm. Taught them that. We mad at our kids for, watch this, being the fruit from the archery. They are doing what we taught them to do. That's a hard pill to swallow. But wow. it's the truth nonetheless.
It's the truth nonetheless. So out the gate, let them know as soon as they get here, listen, I love you, but I ain't perfect. You're going to see some stuff that's going to make you scratch your head, but I love you. Whatever you, don't, whatever you do, don't forget, I love you. Hmm. And let's practice this journey together. So ha, I love you too, though, man. I really do. I love you. I do. I, I love you too, girl. man. I got, I got something for you. I'm going to tell you offline. I ain't going to mess with yes sir yes sir well again i this has been a great conversation so much help um in 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 all honesty this is truly my big brother we we will laugh and cut up when we get off this conversation that's just normal but in this conversation you really have helped um and for those that are listening those that are watching i will say this even if you feel like, okay, I've been doing it wrong. Oh, this is a beautiful time to start. Man. There's, there's the, the beauty of God's grace. Um, and his love for us is he, he allows these moments where we can have these conversations and we have eye opening moments to have real revelation and our eyes open to see, okay, all right, I, I need to make some adjustments. And now we can make the right adjustments and change the momentum of how life has been going. Um, and so again, I say thank you for, for allowing us to be able to kind of step into this and have this conversation today. Amen. Yes, Amen. sir. Can I, can I say this to, to your people, especially yes. those of you who may feel like, man, I, I blew it. You know, my, my two-year-old is 32 now. Here's mm -hmm. what I love about the word of God. The Bible says Enoch, was 65 years old, he mm. had sons and daughters, and then he walked with God for 300 years. So what's that got to do with me? Here's the beauty of it. We don't know what he did for the first 65 years. That's true. <laughs> we don't know. know what he did. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you've done up until the point of this broadcast, but your testimony can be, you are such and such years old, but today you began to walk with the Lord and yeah. walk with him in such a way that we'll look up and you are not. That's the yeah. beauty of God. God always redeems the time. Yeah. He always. So no matter where you are, it's never too late. If yeah. you can't do it with your kids, you can at least tell them I'm sorry and, and do it with your grandchildren because it's always, always time to get it right with God always so yes. be encouraged with that please no condemnation no condemnation <laughs> all right friend i love you man yes sir well again thank you for uh, having this conversation um as i did tell you um i was going to ask uh, this beautiful <laughs> question that i ask everyone that i bring onto the platform and uh so i'm gonna ask this and we'll uh transition it in from this one but um what is greatness mm. to you and I feel like I'm on one of those uh, million dollar questions, but I don't know if I'm get it right. To be honest with you, I thought about that because you mm -hmm. did ask me, and I appreciate you asking me a, a four time. It didn't help though because I thought about it. And the best thing I can say for me, honestly, mm -hmm. and I don't want to sound deep or nothing like that, but greatness to me is obeying what you've been given. Mm -hmm and not trying to do what has not been given to you. Mm. And, and the best way I can use as an example, of course, scripture says, 
you know, obedience mm -hmm. is better. We understand that. But yeah. what is greatness? People say, you know, argue who's the greatest of all the goat and all that. I don't like goat. Yeah. You know, they just yeah. mess with me a little bit. But <laughs> is Michael Jordan the goat or mm -hmm. is it LeBron or is it Kobe? But the beauty of all of them is those men were great ball players mm -hmm. because that's what they were to do. Michael yeah. Phelps is a great swimmer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he didn't try to play volleyball. I think what we try to do is trump the greatness of the of the next. There will never be another Hiram Roche. Yeah. So it would be a shame for the Hiram Roche to be good. Because mm. the instructions for Hiram Roche apply to Hiram Roche. So <laughs> Hiram Roche was put here with the potential to leave here great. If you just do what I told you to do. Yeah. So you hear Jesus saying to Peter, do you love me? Peter says, you know, I, you know, I like you a lot. He says three times, feed my sheep, feed my, feed my lamb, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Mm -hmm. Then in the conversation toward the end, the Bible says, Peter looked over and saw John, the disciple whom God loved, whom the Lord loved. And he, uh, and he said, well, what about him? And I love it. He said, what does that, watch this, Peter, Focusing on him is going to affect your greatness. What does that have to do with you? Wow. So this is the way I can know that I'm great. Not my legacy, not my name, not mm -hmm. my church, not my wife and kids. When I stand before God, will I be depleted of instruction? That's mm. my goal. When I get mm. there, just know if he graced me to do 10, I was great at my 10. The moment I tried wow. to get 11, I had to step out of greatness to do it. If he graced me, CCI, Christian House of Prayer, that was Bishop's grace, his anointing, mm -hmm. Pastor yeah. Bow, that's their grace. Mm -hmm. So to try to uh, emulate that, unless that's my instruction, right? I've stepped out of my greatness to do it. Mm. So you have great copycats, but a copycat is not great. He's good at copying the greatness of another. And I ain't got time for that mm. because when we get to heaven, I just have a suspicious feeling. Bishop ain't going to let me wear his crown every once in a while because I was trying to be like him <laughs> with my name on it, but it right. my obedience. So I don't want to sound all like that, but again, to me, what is greatness? I thought of that's it, Robert. Here's greatness. Do what I told you to do, hmm. and only that. So love Sheila, raise Joshua and Shekinah to love me. Do yeah. that with the church, pastor them. I'm just trying to get. I, 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 I <laughs> you, you, you're good, but remember, good ain't great. Good ain't great. If you want to be great, just do what I say, and that's yeah. it, man. So. That's why I love you. I have, I, I love you. I'll say that honestly, no false flattery. We love you guys so much. We see you as well. I'm not, you know, I gotta be careful because you, 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 you're a little fair skinned, more so than me. I don't want you to turn red, but this is a podcast. Nobody can see you. So it's, <laughs> but, but that's, that's how Hiram is great. Doing what God told you to do. Yes, sir. I'm gonna start me a podcast. Hiram got one. It might be good.
but you will never be great because I didn't tell you to do that. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Yes, so, sir. man, that's too easy. Greatness is easy because it's simply doing what he told you to do. Thank you so much, sir. Love you, Fred. Thank you so much. Yes, Thank sir. you again for coming on. And for those um, that are listening, those that are watching, those that are living in Las Vegas, I promise mm. you, um, if you are looking for a place to get fed, this is the house that you want to make sure that you're oh, a part man. of. Um, and, um, and again, I say thank you, sir, for, for blessing us today, coming thank on to the podcast me. and having this conversation. Uh, love you all, family. Thank y'all for listening. Thank you for viewing. And remember, we are here every first and third Monday at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Love you all, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bless you. <laughs>